Instagram. And thank you for joining this week's podcast with the Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams. Be revived in your spirit and stretch your faith as the Archbishop's message reveals the signs of a lukewarm believer. Uncover how to stir and activate the spirit of God within you for greater purpose, healing and deliverance. Devise new strategies to equip yourself for divine upliftment and ensure you remain on fire for God. If you're searching for a divine turnaround, join the Archbishop at this year's Global Prayer Work Summit from the 19th to the 22nd of July in Connecticut. Don't miss this opportunity, so register now at ndwministries.org. Know today that this is God's word of revelation for you. Be empowered as you listen. Come with me please to first, second Timothy 3. Second Timothy 3, 1 to 5. But know this, mm-hmm. that in the last days perilous times will come. Difficult times, hard times. And these are the days, and these are the times. For men will be lovers of themselves. So underline that, lovers of themselves. Take, take, take time for yourself and examine yourself and others. You realize that people are lovers of self than lovers of God. They love self, they love self than God. God is not in the equation. It's all about themselves. Them, 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 me, 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 me. Attention, attention. They want recognition. They are interested in being known, having acceptance, having attention, concerned more about self and themselves, reputation and name, and everything about themselves than what concerns God and the things of God. It's very clear that this is the generation we are dealing with. Love for self. Lovers for money. And the next thing is people are into money than anything else. They love money than God. They'll compromise, they'll sell God, they'll sacrifice God and anyone and anything for money because that is their God. Money has become a God that rules and reigns and controls today's generation. I don't know who your God is, but the Bible said in the times we live in, money will become a God to so many. Money will determine people's behavior patterns. Money will determine how people treat one another. How they relate to God and how they relate to others will be determined by money. The way they live, the choices they make, the decisions, everything about them will be determined by money. They will look at everything in life, how they relate to people and siblings and wife and husband and children and God and church and men of God. Everything will be looked at and seen in the light of money. That is what matters to the generation we find ourselves in. Go ahead. Boasters. Yeah. Proud. Yeah, I don't want to get into all that, but you can see for us. Examine them. You find, your, you find out that there are too many people boasting of who they are, what they have, who they know, what they have accomplished, their connection, influence. It's just sometimes very sickling. Boasters. Proud. Very arrogant people. No humility, no compassion. And I'm talking about believers. I'm not talking about unbelievers. I'm talking about church folks. This wasn't written to the unsaved. It was written to the church. And we have that in the church right here. Boasters, the among us. They boast of things that are irrelevant. But the Bible says if anyone will boast, 
let him boast of this one thing that he knows I the Lord that he has a relationship with me that he has a revelation of Jehovah who execute judgment, justice and righteousness on the earth today people boast of houses they boast of deep pockets and they boast of uh, bank accounts and they are very secure sitting pretty in material things they lack true riches you dare not try to admonish speak correct or rebuke they are very very proud right blasphemous yeah. disobedient to parents is that age we find ourselves in children today uh, are controlled by demons demonized manipulated by demon spirit to 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 provoke them to err to go out of the way of order to do things out of order disrespecting and dishonoring parent is the day and the time we live in it's a spirit of the age right i'm thankful yeah have no sense of gratitude anymore people don't know how to say thank you no more kids don't know how to say thank you to parents or to even siblings or wives can't say thank you to a husband anymore and the man feels i work so hard to provide for the family and I don't feel loved and appreciated by my wife or my kids. And it's the same thing when a lot of women feel I sacrifice everything, I've given my all my best to my, this man and this kid. I don't know what else to offer or to give. I don't feel loved and appreciated. It's all about the attitude of ingratitude. Right? Unholy, unloving. Mm -hmm. Unloving, unholy. People don't care anymore, breaking all the rules and just live anyway, anyhow. They don't care about consequence anymore. Unloving, unloving. It's so difficult to love certain people. It's tough. You know, I was telling somebody, I said, my friend Michael Bassett, who passed, I said, it was easy to love Michael. Some people, it's easy to love them because they are loving, they are kind, they are gentle, but there are certain individuals, it's so difficult, it takes grace and high level intercession to love them because they are cold insensitive it doesn't matter what you do it's just not easy to love them they don't appreciate anything nothing is enough you keep pouring in and pouring in and pouring in and they never appreciate anything it's like you make one mistake and they'll remind you of all the mistakes you've made in the past unloving people, unkind people, insensitive people, cruel, cold, hardened at heart, don't care about anything by themselves. We live in that generation. Go ahead. Unforgiving. They never forgive. They are always bitter, always complaining about the wrong done to them. They are not involved in anything. They remember. Always complain. Remember. Bring to your remembrance the mistakes of the past, how you hurt them, how you erred, how you transgressed, how you wronged them. They live in the past. Nancy Mandela said the other day, as I stand at the door to my freedom, I realize that if I don't leave behind my bitterness, my unforgiveness, and my offenses, I will walk through this door of freedom to freedom, but I will still be in prison. There are so many people who have been imprisoned by their past. Imprisoned by childhood trauma. Imprisoned by bad experience of the past. Can't let go. Holding on. 
and are living in the past, even though they live in the present. And until you break free from the past, you can't live in the present. And if you don't live in the present, you cannot experience the future. Please let go. And don't tell me you can't forgive. You can do all things if you're a believer. Through Christ who strengthens you. The Bible said, if you don't forgive, neither will my heavenly father also forgive you. Forgiveness is a command. God is not begging you, pleading with you. It's a command that if you don't forgive, you will not be forgiven also. And don't forget that you have also transgressed. And you transgress every day. Pride is a serious sin. It's one of the spiritual sins. Arrogant, unthankfulness, ingratitude. They are all spiritual sins. People don't see it, but you got it. You got it. You look down on everybody. You think you're better off because you've been to the best of school. Yeah. You were educated outside. In the best of school, you went to school with the children or the grandchildren of the queen. You've been to Buckingham Palace so many times to eat with the king and prince and princesses. So what? So everybody else has to be looked down upon. You're the best. It's a spiritual sin. And people don't see it, but it's there. And God sees through all of this. Go ahead. Slanderous. Yeah. You are always in the business of slandering others, speaking ill of others, being critical of others, finding mistakes and fault with everybody is bad, everybody is wrong. You are the only best thing in this world. Everything, everybody else is wrong. Uh -huh. Without self-control. Yeah, breaking barriers and don't care, have no self-control. It don't matter when you're offended and when you feel you've been mishandled or mistreated, you can go to town. You go to town. And by the time you return from town, you've destroyed everything. And you will not even ask God for forgiveness. You justify why you must act the way you act. Beat everybody with your mouth. Right. Brutal. Mm -hmm. Despises of good. Yeah. Traitors. Yes, sir. Headstrong. Mm -hmm. Haughty. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Another love. Lovers of pleasure than lovers of God. We live in that world and generation. Take time after lunch to just sit down and go through each one of these points and bring your concordance. Google them. Check and see. You realize that you fall short of something and you need to work on something. You need to repent of something. We live in the day where we don't hear messages on repentance anymore. In those days when people were coming to church, when they get to the airport junction, they will stop and confess their sins before they enter the church. Because as soon as you enter the church, Bishop Bode Abigail them will tell you, as soon as you enter, the Holy Spirit picks you up. Even when we are fasting and people don't fast, and you come to church, the Holy Spirit will pick you up and say, you, you didn't join the fast. I mean, it was terrible. People had the fear and the reverence of God when they were coming to the house of God. Today, people don't care anymore. It really doesn't matter anymore. Everything goes. That is the generation we live in. We need a new generation of men and women rising up with the fear of God. People that don't just come to church and cold, sitting in the church, cold, folding their hand as if they're in the lecture hall. It doesn't matter what you say. It doesn't touch them. Clap your hands. Mm. Say hallelujah. Mm. 
Turn to somebody and say, I know you are not like that. You are not like that. You are not like that. Him talking about you. Put your hands together if you are not like that. Let's see. I want to welcome all Action City churches. All Action City churches across the world. I'm welcoming you all to our service, the first service today, especially Winneba. Uh, Winneba. Put your hands together. Thank God for our Action City Church in Winneba. Thank God for all our Action City churches across the world. Amen. Okay, Bishop. Having a form of godliness but denying the power. The form of godliness but denying, denying the power its thereof. Power, the power thereof. Yeah. And from such people turn, turn away. away. They have the form. They speak our language. They understand the language of our tribe. When they talk, they are like one of us. They act like they are us. They call themselves Christians and believers, but they aren't true believers because they don't have the experience. They don't have the experience. They haven't experienced the power of God. They talk the talk, but they don't walk the walk. I don't know about you, but it's time to stop talking the talk and walk the walk. We need the power of God. I was talking to a man of God <coughs> that visited me. It's okay. Thank you. I'm good. I visited me yesterday from another African country. And I was telling him, I said, the problem with the gospel in so many nations is this. That the gospel is the power of transformation. And it's not just about spiritual transformation. But it's also about physical transformation. And that is why I'm going back to the next generation church. The next generation. Because the gospel has power to transform. And that is what has happened the past 40 years. Since I came on the scene through the charismatic movement. That you can see through transformation in the life of all these young men and women. I was talking to a, a gentleman the other day and he said, Papa, you don't remember me. I gave my life to Christ. When you came to my school, I was in secondary school then. He mentioned a school somewhere in Suedro. I don't even remember. He said, I'm those who came forward and gave my life to Christ. And you should see what has become of him. And so many of them he was talking to me about. Transformation. When we came here 30 years ago, after moving all over town and not having a place to settle, the Lord said to me, if you move the church from your father's house, from town, and into that spring text road, I will, I will move the city. I will bring the city to you. Today, the city has come here. Today, there is over 400 charismatic churches on the spring text road. And there are over 300 at East Legon. Because I moved and believed God. I dared to believe God. That is what we call transformation. The gospel is not just sitting down in church on Sunday morning and clapping your hands. It's more than that. You transform your community. You transform your entire family. When I got born again up to today, it's a big statement and issue among my siblings, my uncles, my aunties, my cousins. It is very clear. There is a clear transformation. The gospel is the power to transform. Modaya kusadaha. If you are clapping, do it like you believe in transformation. Come on, somebody. You can't clap without shouting, somebody. Clap your hands so you people shout unto God with a voice of triumph. That is what is lacking in our society today. We call ourselves a Christian church. We are talking and preaching, but we are dead 
because there is no transformation. Dulami kaduma dahasa. Mekadum, mekadum, mekalu sawadazi. We are apologizing for who we are when other religions don't, but we do. We apologize for who we are. I refuse to apologize for who I am. I am what I am by the grace of God. And I'll do it without apology. You have a problem with it, it's up to you. You offended, it's your loss. Come on, somebody, give him praise. The form of godliness. In those days, we came to church, and by the time we get back home, we are satisfied. And up to today, after Sunday, I struggle to eat. I struggle to eat. I can't eat lunch immediately. It takes me hours to settle down. And the food has to be very delicious. There must be something about the food to entice me to eat. When I finish service on Sunday, I lose appetite to eat. I'm satisfied. I'm full. I don't know about you. That was the kind of desires we had. Came to church and after church, we hung at the church premises throughout the whole day without wanting to eat or to drink. There was something. There was something. There was something. There was something. There was something that I don't feel it anymore. And sometimes I don't even want to preach to you because when I sit there and I look at the efforts I have to take to study, to pray, to stand before you, and I look at that attitude of lukewarmness, the way you even listen, the way you even respond, I feel like, why am I killing myself and wasting my energy and time on the people that have no love and passion and fear for God? And hunger for God. Blessed, blessed, blessed are those who thirst and hunger for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Where is the test? Where is the anger in the church? It's not there anymore. We show up Sunday morning just to show up, and that is it until another Sunday morning. Oh, that God will stir us up. Oh, that God will rekindle our fire and revive us again. One more time. Come with me to Revelation 3, 14 to 19. Revelation 3, 14 to 19. And unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write. This is where the church of today is and the believers of today are. This is what is said by Bible scholars and Bible historians that the church of Jesus Christ is, this is the condition of the church of Jesus Christ, that we have come to the seventh church in the book of Revelation. They were all in Turkey, that this is our true state and condition. And something is burning in my heart. There is fire burning in my bones. And I don't think that this fire is for the generation above 40 going because they are stuck in their ways. They believe they've made it. They build houses, they have security. They've done their wills, they are okay. They are ready to die. Jesus is waiting for you. You're going to heaven, the master is waiting. And there'll be shock. There'll be a shock of so many lives and people. People who have a shock of their lives that you will get there and you realize that you wasted the master's time and resources and energy and your own life while you were here because you thought that everything about life is just make money, get a good job and, and have a house and kids and provide them. You have no idea what you are talking about. 
Got it. These things saith the Amen. Uh-huh. The faithful and true witness. Yes, sir. The beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works. That thou art neither cold nor hot. He said, I know your works. When you get born again, we are not saved by works. But after we are saved, God requires works from you and I. When believers die, the Bible says they cease from their works and or their labor. And their works follows them. What will follow you when the curtains are drawn down? And when the dust settles. And when water has found its level. And when time... And time and time again has ended. And you have to check out. When your body can't carry you anymore. Because you have abused it. And you didn't live for the master. When that moment comes. You realize. That everything you labored for. And worked for. And paid attention to. Means nothing. And then you realize. That the things you never pay attention to. And had time for are the most important. But you spend time and energy on things that don't matter. That day will come. Go ahead, sir. I would thou wert cold or hot. Mm -hmm. So then, because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. You see, I don't think believers believe that God can do this. Oh. Turn to somebody and say, I know you don't believe that God can spew you out of his mouth. I know you don't believe it. Tell somebody, tell them, I know you don't believe it. But don't underestimate God. Don't. He said, I just can't stand lukewarm people. I can't take it. I can't coexist with those kind and tight who feel like everything is okay, living anyway, anyhow, just doing whatever they want to do. Listen, I was telling a bishop the other day who spoke to me. I said, Bishop, as my fact was, Pastor Israel. I said, Osofo, do you remember the times you got saved? How much we were on fire? And I said, Israel, today, ministry is not about souls and like it was before. It, uh, it is about numbers now. It's all about numbers, 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 numbers. It's about numbers. Who has the biggest crowd and who filled the biggest auditorium and who has the best building in town? The whole thing has become image and flesh and, and numbers who is better than who who has been around than who who cares I was telling somebody the other day that even if I have my way I will remove that archbishop seriously I don't need to be called an archbishop yeah I don't need to be called an archbishop brother Nick is okay I don't care my, listen, my focus is not about position. It's not about title. It's not about office. I want to be on fire. Even in my old age, I want to be on fire for the Lord. The whole thing has changed. Go ahead, Bishop. Because thou sayest, I am rich. That is the issue. That is, what, that is the whole thing that is killing the church all across the world today. I was told about some magazine that wrote about the richest preachers, I think either in Africa or somewhere, and one preacher's name was not mentioned, and the preacher was so angry. He was angry that his name wasn't mentioned. 
and my name wasn't there. And I said, thank God that my name was not there. Amen. Why should that anger you? But it just reveals where we are. Our state and our condition. We are not about true riches anymore. It's about status. Image. Attention. Relevance. How men and women see and perceive us. We don't care about what God thinks about us anymore. It's about how we are seen and how we are handled. And we will, we will offend the Holy Spirit of Almighty God. For the acceptance of men. Oh, Makida Mahada. Ikaluma Dukasan Kefalanda Wasakandisa Mitaluka Wahasan Kefolo Musiki Libra Antukadias. Oh, that thou mayest rent the heavens and come down and do it again. That the mountains and the rocks and the hills may skip before you as lambs. Oh, Lord. Thou that answers prayer, arise. Arise to the cause of your people. Stir up your church. Revive us in the midst of the decades, in the midst of the years. Revive us again. One more time. Revive us, O Lord. Go ahead, sir. Because thou sayest, I am rich. That is the whole thing. I am rich. I'm loaded. And increase with goods. Yeah. And have I'm, need of nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm loaded. I have deep pockets. I can buy whatever I want to buy. Eat whatever I want to eat. Fly wherever I want to fly. I'm good. I'm sitting pretty. That's your, that's your sickness. That's the sickness of the church. It's about who has more. Who has this. Who has that. Who owns that. Something is off. Something is off. People want to be everywhere. The other day somebody was talking to me about opening branches in some places. And I said, a place like Bolgatanga, I will never go there to open a branch. Why should I open a branch at Bolgatanga? When I have Pastor Isu there. My son is there doing a good job. What am I going to do in Bolgatanga? To have a church there to show that I have many branches? Listen, going to heaven has nothing to do with how many branches you have. Okay, if you have branches, good. You got to check your motive. Why do I go to Bulgaria to have a branch there so that I can end up having a conflict with my own son? What is that for? Proving a point. What, am I, what point am I proving? One of my bishops was talking to me about having a church in one of these African countries that God is giving me a lot of favor there with everybody, almost everybody in government. And he said, Papa, the way you are celebrated here, the way, the way they love you and they like you, we have to bring action here. And I said, you people are a stomping block to me. I said, Bishop, I have a problem with that mentality. I said, do you know how many sons I have in this city? Who have mega, 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 mega churches in this city? And do you know the friends I have in this city? One of them came to see me yesterday. He has over 30,000 people in his church. One building, 30,000 people. And I said, you want me to create conflict? You want me to set up a branch here? So I can end up having conflict. With the brethren, we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. Not cause strife among the brethren. Not bring division or conflict because I have contact. I have influence. I can get a land. Let the land be given to another church. The churches who don't have land, they can have that land. I don't need a land. What am I trying to prove? I don't have to be everywhere. T.L. Osborne didn't have one church building. 
T.L. Osborne. He didn't have one church. Ora Robert didn't have one church. Papa Hagen had a small church. Dr. Samuel had a small church in South Bend, Indiana. And yet these were generals. When I went to heaven, they showed me the city of T.L. Osborne. This generation is sick. All we are into is who is big, who is huge. Look at the crowd, numbers. That is what we are sick about. 40 years ago, my friend, Dr. Michael Bassett of Blessed Memory said to me, we went to have breakfast in Hampstead. And he said, Nick, the name of the game today is numbers. Don't forget, Nick. He said, the name of the game is numbers. It's not just about the souls. It's all about the numbers. Because the numbers bring the money and the numbers bring recognition, attention, relevance, and acceptance. When you have the numbers, people don't care how you got it. Everybody runs to you and you become the biggest thing in town. The name of the game, don't forget, is numbers. Why do you want the numbers? And they kept pushing me. In the branch, we have to have a branch here. And I said, go build your own branch. Have your own branch. Give it your own name. Don't attach action or my name to it. I don't need many branches to make it to heaven. It's not about branches. It's the motive behind the branches. It's the motive why you did what you did. That's why our works will go through fire. Everybody's work shall be tested by fire. It is on that day we will know. A day kisuma. One. Lift up your hands and pray in tongues, everybody. Lift up your hands. I can't hear you. Cry out, somebody. Cry out. Lift it up. Lift up both. I didn't say one hand. Lift up both hands above your head. Cry out, somebody. Thank you. And as much as is possible, unless you are using your phone as your Bible, when I'm speaking, get off your phone. But if you are making reference to a scripture and you are using your phone, that is okay. But while I'm speaking, I want you to look at me and stay off your phone. There's too much disrespect and lawlessness in the church today. This generation has lost something. Oh, it has lost something. I remember years ago when I got born again, the Spirit of God said to me, don't go to your mother's house. Don't go there until further notice. I will give you instructions. And one day, I was going to Friday all night. Today, as I said, people don't come to all night again. We were Friday all night believers. We couldn't wait for Friday to come so we can come to Friday. That was where we developed our prayer power and our prayer capacity and stamina. Friday all night. We look forward to that all over town. That is what made us. This generation have no idea of Friday all night. And I was going to a Friday all night and 
at Latabia Cushing. And I went, I went to my mother's house to see my grandmother. When I left the place, I started feeling feverish. It was like a spell had been cast on me. And I started feeling dizzy. Everything was just going around. And I wasn't feeling good about myself at all. I was shivering. And I forced my way to the all night. As soon as I got into the auditorium, one of my younger sisters in the Lord, Florence, she stood up and immediately she spoke in tongues. And then she said, a son that I have kept and hidden in secret. To use him for a great work in this nation and across the nation has disobeyed the orders of my spirit. I told him not to go to his family house and he has been. And they are coming after him. Rise up. Rise up. And the whole church went into prayer. And after the service, Elder Saki called me and said, Nicholas, where did you go? And I said, Papa, I'm sorry. It won't happen again. We don't have that anymore. That's why everybody is falling after prophets. When you have the witness of the Holy Spirit inside of you, the Holy Spirit is right in you, guiding you. The witness of the Spirit, we are not we are not following the witness of the spirit. He's speaking. He's telling us things all the time. But we are not following the witness of our spirit. We are always seeking for a word from a prophet. When the Holy Spirit is always giving you a word. I was dealing with something the other day and it was tough. And I just wanted confirmation. And I just prayed in the spirit. And the Holy Spirit just gave me a confirmation. There was this song that rose up in my spirit. Yes, God is good. Yes, God is good. Yeah. Yes, God is good. Yeah. So. Everybody sing hey, yes. yes God is good Hallelujah Yes yeah, God, God is good, good. Hallelujah voice in my ears I didn't have any prophetic word that was the word I needed all I needed was an assurance from him and the Holy Spirit spoke to my spirit and gave a song to my spirit and my spirit began to sing and I had the song in my spirit and after that I was at peace that was it I was okay and it wasn't long it wasn't long. I had a call and something turned in my favor. It just turned. Somebody say it's turning. It's turning. Somebody say it's turning. Somebody do say it's turning. It's turning. But be before the turn, I was, I was weary. I said, God, for how long? Something must give. And the Lord didn't say anything. He said, listen, all you need is an assurance. 
And I was dealing with the situation the other day. And then I heard a voice saying, set your house in order, you will die. I heard a voice. And I said, liar. You see, if, listen, listen. The Holy Spirit doesn't speak through your ears. He speaks through your inner spirit. So if you don't know the difference, the devil will use the same Bible you believe in to set you up. So he said, set your house in order. You're going to die. And I said, liar. Liar. I ain't going nowhere. I'm going to be around here for a long, 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 long time. Are you hearing me, somebody? But hear me. You know what confuses Christians? Because the enemy was using the same word of God. And immediately, I have to counter that scripture. And I went to Psalm 61, verse 6. And I said, the Lord shall prolong my life. And my years as many generations. Then I went to Psalm 91, verse 16. And I, Psalm 91, verse 16. And I said, the Lord will satisfy me with long life. And show me salvation. Suddenly, that voice, mew. Somebody say, mew. Say, I silence the voice of the enemy. Say, I shut the mouth of the enemy. Say, I shut the mouth of the enemy. Silence the tongue and the voice of the adversary. He will use the same word of God if you don't know the voice of God. And the voice of God works through your spirit, not your ears. Somebody say, and I heard clearly. I don't say God doesn't speak through your ears. But you have to watch as a believer. He speaks through our inner man. The, the, the witness of our spirit not through your ears. And he came to Jesus and used the same scriptures to deceive Jesus. And Jesus had to also use other scriptures to counter him. So he used the same Bible. Someone said, well, I heard the voice of God. And said, your husband, you're going to die. You ain't dying. Tell somebody you ain't dying. You are useful to God being here and doing something for the kingdom than dying. But if you don't know the scriptures and how the Bible says you err because you know not the scriptures and the power of God. And, and it was fearful. The voice was very strong trying to intimidate me. Putting fear in me and say, hey, 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 set your house in order. I say, set what in order? My house is already set in order. So you are too late. You are not up to date. You've come too late. Ain't happening. Tell somebody, ain't happening. So if you don't know the voice of God, that God works through your inner spirit, the witness of your spirit, not even the Holy Spirit, but the witness of your born again spirit, that is the vehicle God uses. For the spirit of man is the candle of the Lord. He uses your spirit, not the Holy Spirit, to enlighten you. When you speak in tongues, it's not the Holy Ghost speaking in tongues. That is your spirit empowered by the Holy Ghost to speak in other tongues. If you don't understand this thing, you'll be confused. One of my sons calls himself a prophet, gave me a prophetic word, and I told him I reject it. What? What did I say? I said, Wafa, I reject it. You miss it. And I said, This word is not for me, it's yours. I return it. He said, I block it. I said, hey, You are blocking it. It's good for me, but it's not good for you. I say, I reject it. I return it to you. I'm not afraid of you. You can't scare me with your prophet. The Lord said, the Lord said. The Lord knows me. The Lord knows my house address. 
The Lord can talk to me. Don't come to me in the name of the Lord. The Lord, the Lord, the Lord, the Lord what? And all of you are being fooled and misled and deceived because you won't take time to come to our own life. You won't take time to build up your spirit. So you are being fooled and misled. The Lord revealed to me. You know, there's some guy I've known him many, many, I've known him 40 years. Very outstanding prophet. He called me, giving me some prophetic word at four in the morning when I just finished preaching. 4 a.m. on Sunday morning. And he was trying to give me, and I said, My friend, my friend, did you drink aquatashi before you went to bed? I said, What did you eat before you went to bed? Did you drink aquatashi or zumi or pawan? And I said, don't bring me that kind of word here right now. You hear me? I said, do you know where I'm coming from? Do you know how many hours I've fired in prayer? Dealt with things. Then you have the audacity to bring down my spirit by calling and saying, you just left and had a dream. Because you have access to me, the enemy is deploying you because you have access to me as Peter to bring me a word, to dampen my spirit. After hours of praying, when everybody is asleep and I could sleep and enjoy my sleep, You'd have the audacity to come and give me some kind of big, big problem. I said, What fact? Frioko, what you should deem. Someone said, Frioko, what you should deem. Go ahead. And knowest not uh -huh. that thou art wretched uh -huh. and miserable and poor uh -huh. and blind and naked. God said, This is the state of people who say they have money, they are loaded have no spiritual intensity. They don't fast, they don't pray, they don't study the Bible, they're not committed to anything. God said, this is your state. You are naked, you are blind. Wretched. God, I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire. Yes, sir, yes, sir, yes, sir. That thou has be rich. Yeah, he and said, you see, you say you are rich. He said there are true riches. There is something they call true riches. Different from these riches everybody is fighting over. True riches is different from the houses and the money and all these material things people are killing and dying for. True riches can buy it with sweat. Right. And white raiment uh -huh. that thou mayest be clothed and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear. And annoy thine eyes with eyes all that thou mayest see. Let, let's move quickly. I read that last week. Let's move quickly. Come with me, please, to Matthew 26, my time. Matthew 26, 41. Watch and pray that you enter not into temptation. Uh -huh. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. You see, this is why people are not praying. Men ought to always to pray, not to faint. Pray without ceasing. Why are we not praying? Because we are in watching. If you are watching, you have reasons to pray. You will. You will. Because you see things that others aren't seeing that will motivate you to pray. Please put this on your calendar. We'll pray before the service ends, but put it on your calendar. Number one, the month of March and April, we must pray for peace and stability of the nation of Nigeria. Number one, Nigeria. Write it down. Nigeria. Number two, Kenya. Three, Tunisia. Four, South Africa. We have to pray against any strange wind and any strange fire. 
against the peace and stability of these nations. Nigeria, Algeria, Kenya, South Africa. If you are watching, you have a reason to pray. But the church today is not watching. And what does it mean to watch? Be spiritually awake. Spiritually sensitive. Being watchful. Don't slumber spiritually. Stay awake. If you are spiritually awake and alert, you have reasons to pray. People are not praying as they ought to pray because we are not watching. So things are happening all over us. And it is after it happens, say, hey, what happened? Have you heard? We have become a generation. Have you heard? What happened? Have you heard? What happened? Have you heard? What happened? Sitting down when things are overtaking us because we are in watching. We are not watching. There are things that have happened even after the 30 days. And I said, Bishop Boda, even after 30 days of fasting, then what would have happened, Bishop, if we didn't fast and pray? I said, Bishop, what is going on? It looks like evil is on the loose against the, the children of God. And you are relaxing, quoting scripture and going to bed. You don't know what I'm talking about. One of these days, eh, I will teach you the, the role of true intercessor. The responsibility of a true intercessor. And you will see why the nations are in trouble. Because we are not interceding as we ought to intercede. We are not playing the role of true intercessors anymore. So God can't move like he wants to because there is no intercessor to stand in the gap. Nobody is interceding for the nation, for families, for community. All we are doing is criticizing. We join others to criticize, to condemn. Always talking. We have become carnal people. There are no spiritual people. There are no watchmen and women upon the walls. We are not watching. So number one, one of the signs of lukewarmness is not watching, not watching. Two, not praying. If you are not watching, you can't pray. But if you watch, you see a reason why you should pray. You sound the alarm, you blow the trumpet in Zion. You fast when nobody is fasting. You go on a fast when the church hasn't declared a fast. You have reason and a burden and reason not to eat. But to fast because you are sensing something. I want to encourage all my daughters. Please be an intercessor. Not for yourself. For your family. Your husband, your wife, your children. Your church, your nation. I want to say to all my spiritual sons. Please be an intercessor. Don't work yourself where you get so tired. That you come home in the night. And you can't even say. You can't even pray in tongues. And all you say is good night Jesus. Jesus, good night. Jesus, you understand all things. Watch over me, Jesus. Jesus. I love you, Jesus. 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 Turn to someone and say, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? You have time for everything, but you don't have time for your spirituality. What you ignore and don't pay attention to, you will eventually lose it. Come with me. Let me show you some few scriptures quickly. Come with me. Look at Isaiah chapter 56, verse 9 to 11. Isaiah 56, 9. Look, look at how the demons describe us. Look at All ye beasts of the field, uh -huh. 
come to devour. Uh -huh. Yeah. These are demons that have observed us. They've come among us. They've really watched us. And they say, Charlie, these people, they are not in a good place. So let's finish them. Come. Go ahead. All ye beasts of the field, mm -hmm. his watchmen are blind. Uh -huh. They are all ignorant. They, are, they can't see. They are all dumb dogs. Dumb they, dogs. They cannot bark. They come back. Sleeping. Uh -huh. Lying down. Uh -huh. Loving to slumber. Uh -huh. Yea, they are greedy dogs greedy. which can never have enough. Uh -huh. And they are shepherds that cannot understand. Somebody say, Mercy, mercy. Somebody screaming. Somebody say, Mercy. Somebody scream, Mercy. They all look to their own way. Selfishness. Everyone for his gain. Uh -huh. For his quarter. Yes, sir. That is our state. So these are demons announcing and telling all that demons, let's go and devour these people. Let's finish them before they wake up. Ephesians 5, 14. Wherefore he saith, awake thou that sleepest mm -hmm. and arise from the dead and Christ shall give thee light. Awake. That means you are dead. Otias some of you don't even pray in tongues. You don't pray in tongues. The whole week, you never pray in tongues. It's only when you have a nightmare that you wake up. Shala, 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 Nightmare tongues. I pray that the Lord will multiply your nightmare, you. You are looking at me. You need that to wake you up. You are too comfortable. Nothing moves you. All the preaching I'm doing, some of you are just sitting there waiting for me to finish. So you can go and sit in your beautiful car and drive and go for lunch, lunch. Go have a buffet, a buffet, and hold the plate, then you're going through the meals, you know. Yeah, buffet. You need deliverance, you. What happened to your spirituality? Where is the hunger and thirst? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. We are not filled anymore. People are not prophesying in the church anymore. I'm not talking about being a prophet. I'm talking about having the gift, common gift of prophecy. Everybody can prophesy. We ain't prophesying anymore in the church. There's no spirituality anymore. Everybody is waiting for some prophet to bring, oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. Bring me the word of God. What is the Lord saying? Odi. You to be an Odi. Spiritual laziness. Laziness has entered the church. And I stand by the mandate of God to rebuke all these devices of the enemy in the church. We are not depending on the inner witness anymore. And the spirit is speaking every day to your spirit, but we are not listening. Common deals and businesses will lose money. Somebody came to see me through one of my spiritual daughters with a very, very, very good deal. And the deal was so good, showed me all kinds of documents. And inside my spirit, right here in my spirit, there was this check and conflict. Very, there was this discomfort. Everything he was saying looks good. 
but inside here it wasn't working for me here and I knew that it's a 419 weeks after I got to know that it was a 419 but everything looked good if we don't depend on the inner spirit listen prophets miss it I've seen prophets who have missed it I've dealt with prophets all. I've dealt with prophets hey like prophet Michael McCann I've dealt with prophets he was traveling from London to the US. They packed their things. They were leaving for the airport and then he had an inner, inward witness. Don't go to the airport now, wait for one hour. So he, wait, he told the wife, we have to wait for an hour. And he was praying the spirit. Then after one hour, they left. They got to the airport, their flight had been delayed for one hour. Nobody said anything, so he went to one of the workers at the counter and said, what is the problem? Why has the flight delayed for an hour? He said, he was dressed as a priest and he said, because you're a priest, I can trust you. We just found a bump on the plane that would have gone off after an hour takeoff. There was no prophet to give him a word. The inner spirit. Say the, the inner witness. Say the inner witness. Say, talk to me, say the inner witness. Michael, McCann taught me a lot of things about spirituality. One time he came to our house and there was a particular place in that house that something was done there and I knew who did it. I didn't tell him anything. Whilst we were walking, he said, Nick, they did something here. And I said, he said, he said, I'm feeling it in my spirit. I'm feeling something. There's a conflict in my spirit about this place. And I said, I know. He said, what are you going to do? I said, I'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. I'll take care of it. Call Bishop Nyaku. I said, what are I didn't know you. So I said, we have to go and deal with it. And we dealt with it without letting whoever did it know. We, dealt, we broke the power of it. Where is the spirituality? Where is it? How come things are just happening to us? We are not dreaming about it. We are not sensing it. Things are happening all over us. Listen, if you don't depend on the witness of your spirit, eh, you'll be fooled by familiar spirit. And they've tried all kinds of things on me over the years. And I don't know why they are so interested in me. Sometimes I ask Bishop, they might say, but why are they always coming to me with these strange things? And it's because I'm a spiritual and I believe in the supernatural. So I just decided that these days when they come out and insult them, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll just give it to them. We know you are blessed by that word of God and look forward to you joining the messages of the Archbishop Nicholas Duncan Williams again. For more information on our events, books, and messages, please visit NDW Ministries online at www.ndw.com ndwministries.org or call our offices on plus one eight seven seven three six one five one 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 once again thank you for joining the archbishop today and may you continue to experience the life transforming power of god's blessings <laughs>